Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Casual here to welcome you back to another episode of the Insight Podcast. Today, we had Wiggs on to talk about league management, but also his experiences with admin, casting, and stat tracking. Uh, he's done it all in the amateur community, and we're happy to have him on the show to talk with us today. Let's get into it. morning good afternoon and good evening everybody welcome back to insight podcast episode eight i got it exactly right this time no delay so today we have wigs joining us today uh league hoster a good friend of mine awesome to see him doing well in the community um but before we get into our conversation with wigs let's thank everyone who makes the show possible so huge thank you to as1 network and 410 as well as Yaya and the GOAT. Kenny, thank you guys so much for all you do for the show. So, like I said, without further ado, Wiggs, what's up, man? How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing pretty good, you know. Just got off work, chilling with you, recording this. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's been a while since we've actually sat down and had a long conversation. Never had one in this format. So we're just going to shoot the shit, like I said before the show. Just have a conversation. All that good stuff, right? Hells yeah, let's get it. All right, so let's, uh, one thing I like to do with all my guests that come on the show, I mean, I know this, but some of my other people listening don't know that maybe not much about you. Let's talk about how you got into esports in general, and then how you've kind of transitioned into league hosting and everything like that today. Well, shit, like, originally when I got into everything, like, I was watching YouTube and randomly came across Scump's YouTube one day just watching call of duty or whatever i'm like oh okay and then i saw that they're like you know doing black ops 2 matches and whatnot so i started getting into watching competitive back in bo2 and then a little bit further on and then eventually i'm like you know i'm gonna start running some snd stuff like on game battles like almost all of us do that play Mm -hmm. somewhat competitive and yeah i started doing that and then that's probably started in bo3 and i stuck with bo3 throughout iw because i didn't care for iw that much right Outside of watching the pros, the pros, it, pros it was yeah, fun it was, to watch. It was fun to watch. It wasn't that great to play if you weren't that good. Yeah, I yep. yeah, search and destroy is about the only thing I could be good at in IW because I don't know respawns were just weird for me. But, yep. But yeah, and then moving into World War Two, I started like it, it was still mostly SND like GBs with my buddies, but then I started playing some like eights and stuff and playing like respawns, which I was horrible at. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Black Ops 4 came around, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to say screw it, try to find a team. And I knew it was never really good at all. I don't think I stayed on that team for more than a week because I just kept getting dropped. So I said, whatever, fuck it. Eventually, you know, ended up scrimming with you and the boys at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, Then getting into that, you know, huge-ass eight servers you had going. And (laughs) at one point helping run that, and then I think it died down or whatever. And then I I think I talked it or something. I don't remember exactly, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, ever since then, I it was playing it. MW came around, I said, yeah, I'm not playing anything competitive anymore. So kind of just sat out for, you know, three-fourths of the year and then actually started working with NGE to do stats for them. So I was working with Sean. We saw the players in the scene, and that was a lot of fun. I started growing actually a lot there from, like, a Twitter standpoint. I was at, like, 300 followers before that and by the end of like two seasons of stats with them i was almost up to like 800 or something seven or 800 so i was like shit in this like small span of time i actually did like decent like getting my name out there with like um the players and whatnot because i was doing that and then 
Actually, it probably wasn't seven or eight. It was probably like five or six. But because then once I got done with that, Sean like shut down the league or whatever for the time being, and I kind of got shocked because him and I were supposed to actually like make a website and a bunch of shit for mm-hmm. NGE, and I was supposed to be like the second man like in charge there. And one day he just chalked it after we had like three or four meetings of five or six hours talking about like the website things that we could do and yeah and ever since that shut on down i actually have tried started running leagues in the past but didn't really work so it was it was a thought process at the time and then i started casting right after doing that and that's like when my page like my twitter page started blowing up a lot like Mm -hmm. when i was well not like a lot but a lot more than it was before and yeah, I got connections with a bunch of the players, and then eventually, like, the players weren't happy with a lot of the leagues out there towards the end of MW, and I said, screw it, I'm going to run a league. Um, Shout out OG Buns, because he was the one guy that actually really wanted me to run it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I somehow managed to get a big chunk of teams into my <laughs> MW league, and I think we hit, like, 500 followers in, like, a week and a half or something. It was, yeah. like, absurd. Yep. But, yeah, I think... What, what I ran one BO4 after that, and then three Cold War. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a grind too. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see you got your league back on pace after um I know after season two you had a tough time getting some teams interested because at that point it was just really tough in the scene because cheaters everything like that people just weren't really playing that much right. So I it was tough. I'm sure it was really tough for you to try put all that effort into season three originally. And then just have it not succeed. But now, obviously, you have how many teams is it in this one? 28? 40 40 now? 40 now? Jeez. Okay, so 40 teams. That's insane, right? Awesome to see that. So let's talk about what it takes to really run a league. We've talked with Drew XP a little bit about this. And you guys, I mean, you'll arguably right now, are probably the two people in the scene that are hosting probably some of the better leagues, right? You, know, you guys do great with production value. I know I'm in the staff chat, so a lot of lot everybody's trying to pick up games to cast. You do a really great job of that, and so does Drew, right? So take me through a little bit of what it's like to run that league and the amount of effort it really takes, because I don't think some people really understand the amount of hours you put into this. I mean, I do personally, because I mean I've known you for fucking years, right? But yes. take me through the process of how many hours it takes to try pick up all these casters. How many orgs you reached out to, etc. Oh God! Oh, this is gonna st- so starting off before Cold War. Like be- prior to that, I was just going along with the flow. However many teams signed up, I was just going with it. But when Black Ops Four, when I announced that, I had hella teams interested in that, and a lot of what it takes is like just promoting it really well. Like mm-hmm. for Black Ops Four, I had the two week span where I did that, and I somehow got forty teams. Like I think twenty five of them signed up the last day, which typically seems to happen. Yeah. But um. Going into Cold War, I kind of took, like, a different mindset for things. I'm like, okay, I actually want to be, like, one of the bigger leagues in the scene when it comes around. And I actually spent uh, quite a bit of time coming up with a list of orgs that I saw throughout all sorts of leagues, like K7, XP, mine in the pri- like in the past, and then NACAL, like, a bunch of the leagues that were out at the time. And I got up to, like, a list of, like, 500 orgs or something like that, and I have it, like, all typed out in a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And I still have that spreadsheet, actually, to this day that I still refer to every now and then when I need more teams. But I took that list, and a month prior to the drop of Cold War, I actually was reaching out to the orgs, letting them know, so, like, if they had a roster ready, they could get, like, early signups going and everything. And then, like, a week and a half prior to the drop, I reminded all those orgs again. So it was, like, that's two separate, like, 
days of reaching out to four or five hundred orgs which That's is a lot that took like an hour and a half two hours to do but mm-hmm. i mean once you can copy and paste it it's super nice but yeah but it still takes it still takes a lot of time oh, reaching out to 500 organizations that's mind-boggling right to even think there are that many orgs in our scene is insane right a lot of people don't oh, yeah. know and how big a bunch it is. Of them have shut down too which is a crazy yeah. thing so like if i were to reach out to some of them now like page which i've ran into problems because i'm like oh i really like this org in the past and now they're gone yeah but yeah and then cold war drops i did like one final like you know reaching out to the orgs prior to it i announced the graphic on twitter and i think like when it comes to the graphics like you have to find yourself like a really good graphic designer and shout out to pixel nerd ben who does stuff with uh, new york subliners and he did not only my logo and my banner but he's done all my graphics he's the one guy i've went to for everything and you know it charges fair like yeah. i i like what he you know charges for it and yep. it works for me and yeah it's a lot of it's just really a grind because i personally do a big chunk of everything so like i'm out on the league twitter like announcing the teams when they join it's like you know taking all their players doing the graphic updating the graphic with the team name announcing all those teams which at times can be a lot um reaching out to teams you know talking to a bunch of players and orgs getting fees and a lot of that where it's like like you said not everyone sees is actually still like a grind because you have to keep track of not like only your like personal dms but you have to keep track of the league dms mm-hmm. and just remembering okay i got to reach out to this org because they reached out about it and which in the past i've actually forgot when i was running um, my free entry tournament of 600 dollars when yep. we had like the 200 left over and whatnot i actually forgot to reach back out to an org that night because they messaged me about the league but i was mid-tournament so i was more focused on the tournament and then the league started like two days later and yeah i kind of screwed them out of a spot basically in season two because i didn't have one open afterwards which sucked and i gave them the option like i can like i owe you guys in some way like i can give you free entry into season three which originally was supposed to be like my first season three i've tried season three three times it worked finally on the third time but um yeah i'm like i can do that or i can give you guys 25 bucks i like because i i felt bad i'm like that should not happen i should have remembered that that was on me so Mm -hmm. i ended up giving them the 25 bucks they used it towards another like leagues entry fee which i was fine with i'm like i can pay for a spot either way it doesn't matter to me like you guys deserved a spot in the league because you reached out and i forgot that's on me so yeah a lot of it you got to keep track of the messages prior to the league and then once you get into the league um season one i had 64 teams which you were an admin for season one as well so like you saw how many teams we fucking had in that it was it was crazy so keeping up on all those teams like okay you guys need to play this match and this match like you guys like not and i was doing that during work too which did not help in college so like it was really stressful at that time and then like you know you have to forfeit teams because they wouldn't reach out and then especially early on the like cheating accusations or the hack yep. hack accusations as we all call it like mm-hmm. was crazy so i'd go from you know being an admin from some matches to casting others to you know reporting the scores and doing stats later that night to watching like an hour and a half of oh is this guy cheating because yeah. you know you had to watch it early on because yep. we don't know who's cheating early on or on whatnot so i was shit each night and i mean you can ask hazel too like i was up like three or four in the morning doing shit just for mm-hmm. the league and eventually she ended up helping me out with stats and whatnot throughout season two and part of season one as well because we had a shit ton of teams and yeah it's there, there's a lot like that goes with running a league and right now for me in season three like you said it 
after season two, I didn't get the interest for season three, which yep. kind of, you know, put me down a little bit because I'm like, this is like what I want to do. I don't even care to profit like it. Like others in the scene, like you already know where I'm going at. With yeah, this, yeah. I you know, only cared about the money, but like, yeah. I'm not going to say the name, just maybe not now, but. Yeah, we won't, we won't say the name, but we know. Yeah. Yep. But we know, like, it's not about the money for me. It's about running, like, a good league for the players. I originally started the league for the players because they had complaints about other leagues, and I wanted to, you know, take parts of each league, make them my own, but I didn't want to be exactly the same. Like, I wanted to be my own unique, like, brand of, um, like, of a league. And originally, going into this year, I'm like, okay, I want to run 18 different leagues, but I don't want to do it where, you know, you have, like, a two- or three-week break in between. I wanted to go from... Once playoffs is done on the first one, we hop right into the next one. And yep. then to go as planned, I wanted to get like a WWL champs going where it'd be like a 5K plus prize pool. Yep. Top two teams from each league would qualify. So we'd have, you know, probably 36. And then we would up it to like 48 teams, like 12 teams qualify to like week and a half of like pool play. We, we had a bunch of ideas. And mm-hmm. I think at one point, if I like did my calculations, right, we could have gotten up to like almost 10K, like depending on entry fees at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And like you know people sponsoring and donating and whatnot because i think that could have worked with like oh, sponsoring and stuff sure. but 100 but season two ended and i couldn't fill up season three i think i had the first time around i had i think eight teams sign up in the span of the three weeks and like you said it was a really bad time for cod mm-hmm. like uh we had a bunch of people quitting a bunch of orgs didn't want to put their teams into leagues because of the cheating yep and then like it was just rough so then like i took a few weeks off i tried it again like Three weeks later, just I same thing. I got like maybe sixteen teams that time, and I'm like, for me, this just isn't enough. Like, I need like twenty four plus just to like run it nice. And so I just, yeah, it was a little weird because then I stopped and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try some other things, like run like a Pokemon tournament that yep. didn't fill up because I just don't have connections for that. I mean, exactly. That's just yep. Obvious. Like, I was thinking about doing Valorant, but then I'm like, okay, is it worth it to do this? I don't have connections in this yet. Like, yeah, it's it's all, it's, it's all about a connection who you know. At that point. Yeah, yeah it's and it's, 100%. it's hard. Yeah, it's 100%. You know, th- you got to think about it like you're starting over again. Because when you first get into, like, the COD scene, you don't know anyone. You have no knowledge. You have nothing, right? So trying yeah. to hop into other games and other fields is going to be really difficult because it's, like, starting fresh. Unless you made connections while you had the, the pull from the COD scene, right? It's going to be super hard to expand, which is what we see with a lot of, like, teams and organizations, it's really hard to have multiple teams across multiple different games, right? So shout out to any org or attorney hoster that can do multiple games because it's just so difficult to branch out and have it be consistent, right? Because we've all seen organizations that they have a COD team and then they have multiple other teams, but we all know that their COD teams are going to be the most promoted. You know, they're going to stick around the longest because it's just these other games trying to branch out is so difficult and it's so hard to find consistency. Yeah, finding, like, teams or even just, like, when, like, from an org standpoint, finding those teams, because I used to run my own org at one point, it's so rough to find. And then you have to, like, know, like, like league pages and stuff, because, like, for Rainbow Six, like, you have league pages out there, like, Valorant and stuff, like, you have to know, like, when tournaments are happening and everything. It's just, it's hard. And then, like, keeping a consistent roster that's, you know, not mm-hmm. on one of those top-notch teams is going to be really hard to do in just yep. general. Like, COD, like, you have so much raw talent. Like, so many yep. teams can upset teams and have the potential to do that. And, I mean, for me, like, starting up the league, I had it kind of easy, I think, because I already made a bunch of connections with players from yep. casting. And I went a month and a half straight every day casting four or five matches. Like, 
I was on like a grind for a solid month and a half. And then I started up my league, went back to, you know, college and that kind of slowed down. But yeah, yeah, just building like connections, like you said, like it, it helps so much. Like if I were to reach out to some orgs and build some connections with them, like even as one, for example, with like Overwatch, if mm-hmm. with that team, if we could get connections with like other orgs, then I could definitely get like an Overwatch league going or something like that. But exactly. There's a lot that goes into that that I won't go in depth because you have different tiers and shit, yep. so you have to figure stuff like that out. Yeah, a lot of other games are a lot more in depth when it comes to like the like I wouldn't say ranking system, but like your tier you are as a player, everything like that. Because I know Rainbow has like a tier system for their competitive yeah. for their AMC. Because I've talked with uh, Zell from Emergence, he's talked about that on here. Just you know, different rank systems, and I was kind of confused, yep. right? I was so lost. Because he's talking about, well, we're like a rank 2 or rank 3 or whatever they called it in our leagues. And then you got to work your way up to get like rank 1 or whatever. And I was just like, there's ranking systems? I thought yeah, I, they yeah. have like tier lists. It's yeah. weird because I had a few guys reach out to me about it. I'm like, I don't know enough about this scene. And from what I've seen, you have to have like two or three different leagues going because there's like a tier 1, tier 2, and tier 3. Like, right. It's just I, so... like, I don't know enough about this yet. Like I can't branch into it. Right. It's so difficult. So um, let's talk about outside of leagues, right? Let's talk about what you also have done personally, because I know you did some work with College Cod, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, let's yeah. talk a little bit about what that was like, because I have a lot of respect for what they do at College Cod, because uh, we've talked on the show with multiple guests here about exposure for the amateur scene and how it kind of lacks due to the CDL seemingly, you know, they focus on pro play, right? Um, with the new setup for the amateur scene, what's been going on for over a year now, it's they've been having a tough time trying to find the right way to expose your amateur players, right? So let's talk about like College Cod because they've been doing a great job with it. So let's talk about your experience with College Cod and what that was like. College Cod was a lot of fun. Like I've much love to those guys. They know what they're doing on the page and. College Cod's a little interesting. So I've had the chance to do their stats. I was volunteering my time to do the stats for free. I actually ended up doing both my school stats. So University of South Dakota, I got to do both of those. So Sparks, I mean, everyone knows who Sparks is, but I've done his stats. Um, Lightning the joke in that, you know, Ottawa roster that took second um, behind the other Ottawa roster. And So, like, when I'm going in to record these stats, they have it on a website. And it's, like, for me, I don't have, like, that page to use. And if I have to go into, like, Google Sheets and do everything. But all you do is on their, like, website is you plug in the numbers for each match. And they provide you with the proof. Mm. Um, By the way, they submit it. I don't know how the players submit it because it's a little complicated. But they submit, like, the video. You click on the video, you know. I pop it up on two different screens so then I can record it easier. And then you plug it in. And then once it's directly plugged in, it just tallies everything. It's all calculated through the website and everything. And you're done. You don't have to worry about like, for me, for my league, I have to like go through and like sort, like manually sort it all. So then it like lines up and does everything. But for theirs, it just like automatically sorts it because it's programmed to do that. And yep. it's super cool. I thought doing stats was a lot of fun, even though, you know, wasn't making any money. But I, yeah. again, don't to do that but yeah and you guys do things for free in the scene right you have to be able to willing to put your time in because you can't always think of like incentives right we've talked about that in the show getting opportunities you have to be able to willing to do things for free you can't just expect payment and also get the opportunity right 
I know I've seen people in the scene talk about they get good opportunities, but they didn't ask for compensation like money-wise. They didn't ask for anything because they know that the exposure and the experience they would get from that opportunity is exponentially more valuable than just a little bit of money they get thrown, right? Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with you on that, too. Like, I'm still a year and a half in. I haven't been paid. Oh, I guess gifted subs in a way are being paid, but, like, I haven't been paid by anyone to, like, cast any matches or anything or mm-hmm. except, well, I lied. I did get paid by Sean to do stats, but that's because I was the only one doing it, and it was right. a grind with him, but he he offered to pay me, so I didn't even, like, ask for it. So, like, that was one of those situations where I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it, and then, like, I showed him stuff that I could do, and he loved the stuff I did for him, so, like, after that, I'm like, okay, stats-wise, maybe I get paid, because it is a lot to do stats, but when I reached out to College Cod and they let me. I'm like, I'm totally willing to do it for free because that's again exposure for me, and players love it. Like, I just love doing stuff for the players. So like, when it came to like, I'm, I'm gonna refer back to my league right here. When it came to the league, a lot of casters they will come out and ask you like, oh, am I getting paid or whatnot? And I'm right. like, I t- I tell them straight up like, no, I don't have the money to do that, and I wish I could, but like, in the end, a lot of these guys are super small on Twitter and Twitch and whatnot. I'm like basically your pay would be getting the viewership from casting these matches. Right. And that's how I viewed it when I first did it. When I first started casting, I sat at about a little over 200 followers, and now I'm almost up to 1.2K. Like, mm-hmm. all, all of that's from casting. Like, 80% of my, like, following is from just casting. Like, they don't tune into my typical streams. Like, that's right. just me. Casting-wise, that's where all my stuff came from. You get the followers. Um, Certain orgs, like, as one will drop bits after every map they win after every map mm-hmm. they play honestly and i mean other orgs like uh, i think it was versify would uh drop five gifted in the chat like they were just drop subs it's like it's basically your way of getting paid in the end like you're getting the views one it'll help you get affiliated hella fast if you want to get affiliated right and like two like that that's just good views at one point when in that month and a half i was probably averaging i think it was 34 viewers just from casting each day yeah. And I had like a good five, six hour stream going every single night. So it's like that that is you getting paid in a way. And you have to think about it that way. A lot of people are just stuck up on the money and yep. the money's great and all, but if you're not willing to like show that you're actually a good caster and like willing to put in the time, then like no one's gonna take a shot on you. And when you come at me and I don't know who you are, like <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay you. Right. Like the only like the people I know just from casting, like Tugboat, like Kamaka and like all of them, like I I would pay them if I had the money, like a hundred percent. Like they've been known in the scene, they're good at what they do, like they have stuff to back them up. But like if you're coming at me and you're sitting there at like twenty followers and I've never heard of you, like and you're like, Oh, am I getting paid? I'm like, Well, have you done anything? I've right. done any casting before? No, no, no. I've right. just I'm trying to get into it. I'm like, No, you're not getting paid. Like it's like, just that's it's, just that's just dumb. It's tough, right? Because you think are these if you're if people need to cast games for the right reasons, right? Obviously, if you have talent, you deserve reward. You you deserve to be paid, right? But you need to be doing it for the right reasons. You should enjoy doing it. And I think the exposure you can get from a league like yourself or someone like Drew from XP, the exposure you can get from that is more valuable than the money like we've talked about with, like you just mentioned with your casting. You get, A, you get experience. B, you get your foot in the door, right? Maybe like you end up running your champs league and then they can come back and run like casting for that huge amounts of exposure and it's the connection you get is more valuable because you don't know where that connection will lead later on i've experienced this a lot and i'm just going to give this advice to anyone who's listening right now connections you've made in the past are going to be valuable later on down the road 
because a lot of these people, you know, they probably won't leave the community for a while. Maybe they make some strides. Maybe they get somewhere where they really want to be, and they remember you helped them out to get there. They're going to scratch your back a little bit too. They're going to give you an opportunity, or they're going to help you achieve what you want to do, right? So don't always be thinking money, 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 money. Think connections, experience. I get my foot in the door somewhere, right? That's exponentially more valuable. And take it from me personally, 100% worth the time. Because what, you're going to get maybe 40 bucks, 50 bucks? Cool, right? You can, he pays for your DoorDash a couple nights. But you could get experience that leads you to the connection. That connection can lead you farther on than just that little, you know, gift of money, right? So I think you have the right mindset on that. And I think people in the COD scene, I think it's just an ego problem, honestly. I don't disagree with that comment. It's just, it's an ego problem. We see that top down from the COD scene, players, casters, right? Like you may have a talent and I respect people who can cast games because I personally, I'm going to try it. I am 100% wanting to try it because I think I have the attitude for it. But at the same time, it's not something, it's not super easy. It really isn't. (laughs) People think, people think, oh, I can just hop in and I can just, you know, rattle off and talk about anything and people are going to enjoy it. No. It's really not. You need to have a lot of knowledge about the game. You need to know the players. You need to know a lot of things to get really good at casting. And that's why you don't see a lot of really, really good casters. Because A, it's hard to get the connections if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And B, it's also not that easy to do. Yeah, it's actually pretty hard to do. So, like, originally when I first started casting, like, I was not a great talker. I'm still not a great talker. I'm, I've gotten better, like, over the year and a half of casting. But You've gotten a lot better, I, bro. Because when, oh I, first, God, when yeah. I first met you, <laughs> ah, dude, I barely heard you talk when I first met dude, you. Dude, I was so quiet. Like, I'm still s- pretty quiet for the most part, but, like... Casting has like opened me up like a lot. Like I actually find myself talking to more people. Like even if it's just on Twitter, just like responding to DMs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's helped me talk to people. And it's like I mean I'm still not like that great at doing it, but I don't know. It's been fun. Like I was given a shot by the guys that were I think part are now part owners of Phantom Phantom Legion or whatever. But yep. it was like um I'm Vertigo, Biohazard, and a few other guys. Like they gave me like my first like true shot of like casting, and I'm like okay, I kind of you know f with this a little bit i did like yep. two matches for them and the next thing i know like i did two matches i end up getting reached out to by pirate nation or it might have been emergence one of those two i was casting their matches like they had me for like four of their matches and two of their leagues and then from there like people are like oh we kind of you know he's not terrible i guess is probably what their thought process is. <laughs> and they're like, oh you want to cast this you want to ca-? like i started getting hit up like for times and eventually i just went to twitter i'm like yo who wants their matches casted take the leagues retweet like they retweet it and i had like 20 dms almost every day just like yo you want to cast it this time this time this time it's just like right you got to do it for free it's just fun that way too like i worked with uh at the time like vnm um r.i.p got blocked by them because i ran my league mm-hmm. um the nacal which i was actually doing some stuff with in bo4 prior to nge um i came up with like a graphic that they used eventually and was um like producing a little bit for them before they started taking off but yeah, it's just you, you got to be willing to do stuff for free, and if you do that, especially in like the gaming scene, like people are gonna realize that and they're gonna be like, "Oh, you're actually really good," or "You're just really bad." Like, and if you're on the good end, you're gonna get offered spots where you're gonna get paid. Like, a lot of the people that get paid by XP or K7, like for their COD leagues, like 
they're getting paid because they're good casters. And you look at someone like K7 who has like Kamaka, Shifty, McCornmeal, like all the like top tier like casters in the am scene. Like there's yeah. a reason those guys are getting paid there by K7. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. Hundred percent. So let's let's segue a little bit. Let's just let's just have a conversation about Call of Duty and in general, right? We have about fifteen, twenty minutes left. So let's just talk about that. Um so closing comments on the league section. Um personal opinions here, right? Respect what your league owners do because it takes a lot of work for these guys. I've heard a lot of stories from you personally and other league owners about players just not respecting the rules, players just, you know, making bad comments about the leagues. You guys got to understand as a player that these league owners are doing it for you. And they're putting in so much effort that you don't really see. They're not going on the timeline talking about the amount of hours they stay up. They're not doing all that. They're doing it for you. So you need to appreciate that. And they're giving you an opportunity for exposure, to make money, and to play at a competitive level. So appreciate what they do. Drop the ego a little bit. And understand they're doing it for you, right? So, Wiggs, let's talk about competitive COD in the past. Let's talk about competitive COD now. Let's 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 cover the last three years, right? Because that's really when you've been in the scene. You started in Black Ops Four, and you've been in the scene till now. So let's talk about Black Ops Four. What were your thoughts on competitive in Black Ops Four? And we're gonna move till now. So out of let's actually rank them, right? What was your what's been your favorite competitive COD game either to play in or watch in the last three years? last two years definitely black ops 4 well, i think hands down black ops 4 was the best like i hated the change to 5v5 mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of dumb and now we see it back to 4v4 but um watching 5v5 and black ops 4 actually kind of made sense though with the way the maps were like played out but yep um outside of that uh no love for mw that was a shit title just in general <laughs> it's the worst cod ever made in my opinion really so yeah i absolutely despise the game okay. i tried playing it for like a week or two i knew the game was chalked for me in the freaking alpha like really? i was good for like i was good in gunfight but i just didn't like vibe with gunfight the beta came along and yeah i didn't i didn't like anything about the game but casting was fun i enjoyed casting um casting in any game is actually pretty fun call of duty wise for me so yeah mw like uh that's yeah my least not a fan ever. not a fan i i actually personally really enjoyed mw as a player right i think some of the mechanics in the game were completely botched right but i think personally a lot of my enjoyment from the game came from the guys i teamed with right because i was still you know the guys i was with i was still with my black ops 4 team with uh yeah. miles hoodie and then i remember i was with uh Fro Hayden, the boy, and then I was with yep. uh, Spider, who's actually on AS1's team now. Yeah. So shout out to Nick. But I think a lot of my enjoyment came from just the guys I played with in that game, and I think the game itself, like the gameplay, like the engine it ran on, was smooth. Right. I think the MW engine was amazing. The movement felt great. The gunplay was good, but I think the mechanics of the game itself was just not great. Right. Yeah, like the the movement was you know not terrible. I like for me, I'm not like the super crack type of guy. Like, okay. I like the simple things where you can just slide once, you know, like okay. BO3 when you could like ledge slide and yep. you'd just be flying. Like, like that type of stuff, I really screw with. Like, but like I don't know, MW the maps were god awful in my opinion. Outside of maybe Gunrunner, I think that was about the only map I cared mm-hmm. for. Hackney wasn't bad at times unless you're 
playing hardpoint on yeah. P2, but yeah, <laughs> um, we all we all have horror stories of P2 yeah. hack day hardpoint. That, That's a that tough shit, one. Like, I think there was games where I would just literally sit there, like if we didn't break P3 right away, I'd just sit inside of P3. Yeah, it was it was just pointless. That was just so hard. So, what about Cold War, man? What are your thoughts on Cold War? This one's gonna take a little longer because obviously we're still in season. So let's talk about Cold War with the switch to PC, um, the cheating, and then with LAN returning now. What are your thoughts as a whole? Well, my thoughts as a whole, Cold War I actually enjoy for the most part. I think there's parts of it I don't like. Um, sometimes the maps like Moscow and Checkmate for me are really boring. Yeah. Um, I just think that's just because they're super big. But yeah. when it comes down to like gunplay and everything, I think the gunplay is fairly nice. Like a few of the ARs are overpowered, but at the same time, you look at like the 74U and that's still overpowered. Like still nutty. One thing, like just from watching like the pros, like you'll see like a sub pick up a Krig and they'll start frying, and then you'll see an AR pick up a 74U and they start frying. Yep. So there's like they're both like overpowered. Like I just don't get why we can't just say they're both OP and just leave it as that. Because like yeah. everyone's like, oh, sub players blessed. Oh, AR players blessed. It's like they're, they're both, both fucking blessed. They're both really good, right? So I think people agree with that. I think just leave it at that. I just personally don't like how it the last couple years just been two gun meta, right? Oh, it's yeah, just been you know Black Ops Four was three. Yeah. Um, MW was three. MW. MW MW was weird, right? Because if you remember, there was that time in there. It was mainly just MP5, M4. And then there was that weird time period in there where that MP5 got the nerf. and the t I think yep. the 10mm yeah. rounds were GA'd, right? Yep. And so it got so weird because people started using the AUG. Oh, it's too good. Get rid of it. Uh, people started using the Uzi with the .41 rounds on it. Oh, it's too good. Get rid of it, right? It was a weird time. And then it just shifted yeah, back. And then, like, you saw the AM scene with the RAM, too. They started yeah. picking that up because of Parasite was, like, the biggest guy with that, right? If I remember yeah. correctly. He was. Yep. And then it then it switched back to two-gun meta. And it's, don't get me wrong, competitive COD's fun to watch regardless, right? But it's just kind of, gets kind of boring. It's, it's really boring. Like, unless it's something like BO3 where they got away with it at times where you're flying around the map and making highlight plays. But, like... I think this like the same thing happened this year too. Like we allow you know the AK in right away, we GA it, then we yep. got the XM4. Oh, it's OP. Let's GA this, and then mm -hmm. like and then we had what the QBZ at one point. I loved watching Kyle. We had a QBZ XM4 and 74U on the map. That QBZ. shit was fun to watch. For me. QBZ was in there, and then you had the FFAR initially, which was really good. Um, you've seen that. I saw a couple people are running that now. Right, I've yep. seen that in your league a couple times. I don't think I don't I know if I the Milano out sometimes too. Milano, yeah. But like primarily now, it's just 74 Craig. Um, so the meta's kind of the meta's meh. It's meh. It's, you know, no sniping yeah, in SND, which is fine. No sniping in SND, which is fine because sniping in Cold War is stupid. It's better now. I think you could implement sniping in SND now. Now that the uh, snipers have hit flinch, which I don't know. I if think you'd... you do it too if you allow smokes back in. If, if you allow smokes, smokes and you can have smokes. Yeah. Right. Like, I if think... they did that, where like you trade it out, where you can get away. Like I think that worked really well. And I yeah. miss being snipers because some of the best that. players are snipes. Yeah, we all miss like Simp in S and D with his sniper, right? Yeah. We miss the dashy. Like... Yep. We miss that. So I think, I think that'd be something. I don't know if it's too late in the year to do that though, because they take sniping out for so long. People are playing. You've learned to play without it for so long. It would be hard to implement it again. I think that's just completely on Treyarch's fault for just putting snipers in the game. No hit flinch. Smokes are busted. 
And that just was a huge hit to the S&D scene. And they still don't fix it. They, they just, leave, they it. just they leave it, right? So now it's too late to really implement that because now we're hitting the summer months and then land's coming back. So what are your yeah. thoughts on... Uh, let's talk about cheating. Cheating's always a tough... Uh, cheating's oh always God. a fun topic. It's a, little, it's a little bit died down now, right? But we're still seeing yeah. on the timeline occasionally. It's not the glory days of cheating where it's like every day somebody's yeah. cheating or... You know, like four tens teams getting kicked out of tournaments because they're cheating apparently, and so let's talk about how that affected the scene as a whole, in your opinion. Uh, that like month off, and a half. First off, if you guys thought four ten was cheating, y'all need to get a grip. That's yeah. all I gotta say to you, amateurs. Out Exclamation there. point, grip. Yeah, wow. literally, because like that that was pathetic. But the move to PC, I think, killed COD, in my opinion. I don't. Yeah. Like competitive COD, I should say. Like yep. you can have, you know, PC for pubs, whatever. I don't care that much about that. But from a competitive standpoint, I don't think they should have ever switched off of council unless it was a pro like LAN or like you were just allowing the pros to use it. I think amateurs, especially if they being online, should have stayed on council because I mean we all saw it early on the cheating was absurd it at was the start insane. of the year. I rem- I remember the first cup when I saw like four or five different dudes just hacking and they weren't even trying to hide it. It was just straight up, <laughs> I see you through the fucking wall, I'm shooting yep. at you. Like, yep, yep. Like, oh, it just, it made no sense. And Treyarch and Activision haven't done shit to implement any sort of anti-cheat. Like, their only action is, like, and I think I only see this for Warzone, was, oh, we're going to b- ban 100 plus people, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they're just going to create another account and they'll be back. Like, Yeah, exactly. It's not that hard to work around it. And, I mean, like cheating in general if you're a cheater you're a scumbag and there's a few well i should just say one that's a major scumbag out there but we all know who that is you guys know who i'm talking about but yeah we won't mention names, i think but... one if you're caught cheating like that you should not be allowed to attend the fucking land afterwards because he's already shown he's willing to cheat so i mean he's willing to probably pay off people if he wanted to try to win a land <laughs> and like to like why like if you saw someone like scump or crim or like anyone at that top-notch level cheat online and then they got caught you think they'd be allowed to compete in any like amateur lands even if they you know are playing on a like the provided pcs and shit like i don't think we ever see that right yeah i think uh... there's just no competitive integrity anymore like i've seen Cheeto go to so many lands after cheating. Yes, I'm going to call him. I don't fucking care. But how is he allowed to compete? I don't care how many, like, dick riders is what I'm going to say he has. Like, he should not be allowed to compete. Like, yes, he can show up and watch. But, like, you blatantly cheated and got caught and exposed on Twitter in front of, you know, what, 8K people at the time. Like, how are you still, like, a thing here in the scene? Like, I I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean... Personally, for me, I'm about, I'm all about giving people another chance, right? Like, that's just the way it goes. And, you know, I think, because I've known him for years, and I think um, people do make mistakes, and I think people need a chance to make up for that. And I think, you know, he did, he went to the land, and he, he placed well. Um, but obviously, some things were inexcusable, and I think everyone understands that as well as him. Yeah. So I hope to see him. Uh, bounce back honestly because i never want to see people leave the scene i never want to see people you know for the wrong reasons and i never want to see somebody in a hole because of it so i hope that personally he can uh bounce back from it learn from it etc right but on the broad topic of cheating in cold war um i think that month month and a half there where teams were getting dq'd 
people were cheating in cups, everything like that. I think that was killer. I mean, it just it was just a knife in the back of the scene because people just you just didn't want to play. What's the point of going to play in a cup if you might run into a cheater round one? What's yeah. the point of hopping in these leagues if there might be a cheater, right? What's the point of playing in tournaments if someone can just cheat on you and you can't 100% prove it, right? So I think that was a – I agree with you that the switch to con, the PC for the amateur scene was tough. I think it would have been better, and I think everyone agrees with this one. I think it would have been better implement the anti-cheat before you make the switch. That was well, just that, that's common what I don't sense. Understand. You know it's moving to PC. How do you not an, not have anti-cheat before the title even drops? Right. That was just such a big blunder, and I think that was such a and bad move. they still move. don't have it. Like, what the no. hell's up with that? We're like, what, five, six months into the game, we still don't have anti-cheat after we've been bitching about it for every single day of the last few months? Like, what so the fuck? It's, it just shows what the priorities are, which is sad to say. But, which is Warzone in their eyes. But Yeah, like it's, it's Warzone, right? So we got about five minutes left. Let's talk about you personally to end the show. What are you doing right now besides league hosting? Uh, right now, it's really just working. Um, I work in the mornings, come back, basically, you know, run the league stuff. And then if I have time late at night, Hazel and I stream. Um, that's been a lot of fun. We're doing that. I'm doing a shit ton of stuff. We got... Our main YouTube that we're running right now with, you know, Call of Duty, Stardew Valley, which will actually change to a different title here. Um, we got some tier list videos. Like, we're doing a bunch of different content there, even Pokemon, too. And, yeah, we're actually, we've both streamed a lot on those games, so we're, like, a month and a half ahead of videos right now, oh, which is weird okay. to say because, like, amount of segments. And, we, yeah. like, and we don't highlight it necessarily because, like, I mean, 30 minutes for a video of, like, Pokemon isn't bad to watch if you, like, no. watch Pokemon Planet or something like right. I've been doing. And, like, so we do videos like that. She does a little bit longer of streams, like Stardew Valley, because like, you look at some of those content creators, and we do, like, our research, like, oh, they do, like, a two-hour video for this. And, like, yes, they're bigger, but, like, people still sit there and watch people it. People so, like, will watch it, right, exactly. Yeah, so, like, and we did Minecraft, too. We're doing hour-and-a-half segments of that, and you usually see it around an hour, but we wanted, I think we're moving it to an hour now, but... With how much we streamed on that before I started working, we got so far ahead on videos that we've actually decided to start up like a second channel just to, you know, play different games and have different content up because we okay. plan on playing a shit ton of games because, one, I have a problem with buying games on my PlayStation and not ever playing them. So I have about yeah. 100 plus games that I haven't touched yet on my oh, PlayStation. Oh my gosh. Okay. So like we're, we're going to end up playing those, but like we have some PC games that I haven't played too and they're... Not gonna, they wouldn't be up on the channel for a while, and we don't want to wait. So why don't we just do it on a second channel, see like which one works out better, and then in the future, if we wanted to come back to it or try something similar to it, then we know how to approach it for the next time. So it's like the second one, the second channel is just for like a trial and error for like future like series and videos to come once we get like a little bit bigger. Because right now it's just a matter of getting our word out there and staying consistent with uploads. And we've yep. gone, I believe, 85 plus day with uploads straight. And that's we're sitting at like 25 subscribers, which is pretty good for that's 85 good. days. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. So we're wrapping up quickly here, my man. So, uh, Brandon, if you got any closing comments, anything you want to say, floor is yours for this next little while. Shit, not much. I mean, if you guys want to, you know, stay up to date with anything league related um, or myself, just follow me on Twitter, like at Wigs. I mean, it's simple. You guys will figure it out. But... Yeah, it'll be in the description below, by the way. I'll have all your guys' socials below. 
So. Oh, but yeah, and yeah, basically, if you guys just want to follow like both myself or my league page, you get updates on the league. You'll get updates when I'm streaming. Hazel and I actually have our own Twitter too. If you guys want to see us playing some video games together too, I do a bunch of different stuff, guys. If you can't tell, I mean, streaming, you know, doing stuff for YouTube, a league. Like if I could write out a list, and it'd be absurdly long with how much <laughs> I'm doing with from like thumbnails to other shit and yeah. I'm actually hoping to next year with CCL do some crazy things with stats too. Um, okay. I can talk to you about that off stream. I'm talking to the guy right now. I actually have some really good ideas, some of which I'm going to implement into my league, but okay. something with the CCL where you have like 300 plus players, it's going to be something really dope to see. Okay. Yeah, I will get some. We'll talk about that once we're done recording here before. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today at uh, Insight Podcast. Uh, shout out to Wigs. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, no, If you guys haven't known, I've known Wigs for couple years so it's awesome it's been awesome to three see your yeah four. about three years you uh, i met you through my discord in black ops 4 actually so uh it's been awesome to see your growth man uh me and everyone here at inside is super happy to see you growing succeeding super happy to see your league uh i should be potentially casting games for the league possibly i might cast the as1 guys just because personal connection to them so it'd be fun to see that um yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us today at Insight. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, we will be live hopefully next week with a new guest. Stay up to date with Insight socials. Everything will be below. Drop a follow on Wiggs' channels, Wiggs and Hazel's channels, as well as my own. So Kenny's going to wrap it up here for us. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Well, that is it for the episode, guys. Thank you for joining us. We enjoyed having Wiggs on to talk to us today. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as we did. If you do have any guests that you would like to see on the show, please feel free to reach out to Wayuki or myself. That is I-M-W-I-U-K-I on Twitter. Also, casual, K-A-5-U-A-L on Twitter. Appreciate it, guys, and take care. Love you.